Dope. Um, okay. Uh, <clears throat> how do I start it again? I don't even remember my own intro. <laughs> um, oh yeah, Benji will fucking leave this in as well. <laughs> <I> know, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, Harko Meets Humans. There welcome we back again. There we go. I remembered it. Don't know if that's. <laughs> Right, but it's this is if that's not the old intro, this is now the new intro. And if it's the same intro, I nailed the intro. Um, today we have uh, a favourite New Zealand artist of mine Ooh. chilling down for his first fucking podcast ever. <laughs> it's uh, Leaping Tiger. Welcome, Jacob. How are you doing? I am good, Isaac. How are you? Very good. <laughs> oh, I did that. I just hear your voice again. I'm like, oh my god, it's so. It's like calming. Have you ever thought about? Do you like? Do you meditate? No, I don't. Have you ever thought about voicing a meditation app or something like that? Perhaps, yeah. I do like, I actually, uh, I mean, I like low-key do like voiceovers for like, my mum is a, a real estate agent and like for the houses that she sells, like I'll do like voiceovers of like- Holy the shit. Homes. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, it's pretty random. So what is it? You're like describing how many rooms are in the house? Yeah, like just all, like the whole thing. Like my mum will write up this thing and be like, Oh, like five meters away from the beach, like like that sort of thing. Has there been any like, come on, mom? Like this is a hilarious uh, adjective for this house that you're trying to sell. <laughs> Have there been any like ridiculous ones like that? Like absolutely. Like my mom is just like, she's just like a human thesaurus. Like just yeah. the amount of words that like <laughs> she she can use to describe a house is pretty crazy. But I'll never fight it though. You know, I think it's I think it's awesome. I mean, it's that's the 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 real estate skill, isn't it? Totally. The ultimate. <laughs> I reckon that's like the ultimate sales job. It's like I can fucking flip anything. Definitely for X amount of dollars. Like you, you will put yourself in debt to buy the thing I'm selling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh, how are you doing, dude? How's how have the lockdowns and stuff been? I've been good. I think uh, the lockdowns have been like. They've been just interesting as yeah. like never been through anything like that before, obviously. And just like, I don't know. I think um, looking back on them, they feel like deleted time. Like it's, it's almost like they never even happened. It mm. just seems like I've only been living for like the whatever many months that we've been out of lockdown. Yeah. And then all of that was just like, I was like asleep the whole time or something. But yeah, real random. But I don't know. I guess... I guess I kind of kept busy though, like in, in the lockdowns, like I was still just doing stuff like inside, like lots of music stuff and Yeah, because you're, like you're, you're producing at home, like in your bedroom, eh? Yeah, literally just like actually on my bed most of the time. I'm usually just in bed on my laptop. That's a chill vibe. It's really nice. <laughs> it's a way to do it. Is that, is that in the morning or at night times? Uh, way late at night, usually yeah. like... Post midnight, that's sort of the golden spot for me is like 1 a.m. The ideas just kind of come and I'm just like on my laptop, like with my laptop, like <laughs> on my chest, like on my bed and I'm just just tapping away. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's really dope. Um, and so like you, did you, did you manage to be creative during the lockdowns at all? Like everyone was like, oh, I'm going to use this time to make a fuck ton of music, but I've, it fucked me over. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that's what was going to happen to me. I was going to be like, I'm not going to, like, if you give me heaps of time to do anything, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> right. But <laughs> I, like, shocked myself, especially in the first lockdown. Like, I really just kind of went in. I was making stuff every day and just, yeah, it was really bizarre. I I just had a lot of inspiration for some reason. Yeah. I don't really know what it was, but, yeah. I was also, like, home alone as well in that first lockdown. So I think just it being me and no one else was kind of crazy. And my mind was just like, just, just make something. Yeah. And, yeah. and you were kind of at the like start of a creative cycle, right? Cause you, your, your album had just come out pretty yeah. fairly recently. Yeah. Like a couple months before the yeah. lockdown. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's kind of a nice spot to be in for that probably. Eh? Cause you're like, Oh cool. I've got, it's, I just get to do idea time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much what I was doing. Just, yeah. Making a whole bunch of random things and, made like little low key music videos and oh, yeah, check them up on YouTube. I think I, I think I did see a few of those actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was so random, Hell but yeah. just songs that I'll just never like actually put up, put up. But yeah, right. Just random little things. Um, are you good at finishing songs? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I say, I'd say like, I always get to a point, usually I'll, um, 
I think I make a lot of little things all the time. And yeah. then over time they'll come into play like eventually. Like I'll go back to it and I'll be like, oh, that's why I made that. And I'll bring it in. And then sometimes I'll just make like a whole song like straight away and it's just kind of done. Right. Like, but I think like pretty much usually almost everything I start, I kind of finish. Right. So you don't, yeah. is there much you give up on? Like you're like, oh, fuck, I'm real stuck in the weeds here. If I'm stuck in the weeds on something, if I'm making something, usually I'll just like, just delete the the project. And like, I'll just be like, yeah, nah. And that's like usually pretty early on. Like right. I'll know pretty early on if I'm gonna like fuck with this later in the future or not. So I think I'm pretty good at, yeah, yeah kind of right. knowing. <laughs> that's probably pretty good, eh? Like I'm, I'm really bad at, like I think it's called like sunk cost fallacy. I think it's mm. cool where it's like, I've, fuck, I've already spent so much time on this though and I've fixed different parts of it and it's still not really working, uh, I should keep going. I'm, I'm really bad at just telling myself, like, you've just got to give up. Yep. You've just got to stop this one. It's not working. Totally. It's tough, man, especially when you're on your own. Yeah, Like, who, who do you, at what point do you start sharing what you're working on with anyone else in terms of, like, oh, is, are you vibing this or not? Like, do you, does it have to be finished? Or is it, like, right at the start you've just got a loop? Or, like, where, where's that point for you? It has to be completely done has to be exactly the way I want it before I show anyone. Wow. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I literally, like, it will be the, the end of me if someone heard something that I just wasn't, like, like that just wasn't done. Yeah, right. Uh, just rough ideas are just not a thing that I do. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's nothing. It's hot, so fucking shameful sitting with someone, showing them something, and you're like, you start, and all you're noticing is... um. Oh yeah, that sucks. Oh yeah, fucking need to change yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, you just want to stop it straight away. Exactly. <laughs> like I would much rather show someone something and be like, "Yeah, I just nailed that." Like I like yeah. I just, I'd rather just like blow someone away than just be like, "Oh no, but it's you know I still got to do this and like, but just remember, you know, I haven't mastered it yet or anything." It's like, nah, I'll just no excuses, that. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like this hey, is do, it. Do you want to listen to something? It's gonna it's gonna bother you. Yeah. <laughs> but so like just deal with that, I guess. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm trying to do all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And how does that how does that trend? Because that's like sick when you can control something like a recording. Mm. How does that translate to your live set? Like. Do you like have to? You do you like rehearse your your stuff like fucking hard? Is yeah, it, yeah, right. I slave over my live set. Right. I really, really like the last show that I had on Friday. I practiced the day before. I practiced eight times in a row. Yeah, and it was like a fifty-minute set. So I kind of just all day. That's all I was doing. Shit, bro. Like just to make it super tight. Just make sure. Like I wanted it to be because it was like first show back out of lockdown where we could have no restrictions. I was like, I just want to give people a fucking show and just make them remember tonight, you know? Even though it's just like a little 100 person gig or whatever, like it's still, I reckon, just putting in the time and effort to just kind of, I don't know, make it the best that I can. But that's important. like, I think that's that's such a tight philosophy though. Mm. I don't think many people necessarily have that mentality all the time. Yeah. And it does hurt. Like I know in bands I've been and we didn't think about like what we were doing in that way. Mm. But like it's it's so it's such a better way to look at what you're doing. I yeah, because you, you're right. Like every time you go out, you can if you crush it, everyone in there is going to be like, "Oh, cool, they crushed it. Fuck, that was awesome." Totally. Yeah, and that's yeah. You're quite a sensible young man, Jacob. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but like, but that's kind of fucked because you do. Um, you've got what? It's uh, you've got the Ableton sessions for like backing and, and drums i guess yeah oh well i just so got like how's, a, this, yeah. how's the setup work i've got so i i added um a couple of pieces of new kit to the Ooh. live set uh since this show over the lockdown that's kind of what i was working on just making this new live show happen yeah and it's um i've got a midi keyboard like a 49 key uh midi keyboard to my left and then on top of that i got this um Rolly light pad Ooh, and like yeah. I use that to do sort of like John Hopkinsy uh, stutter effects and stuff like that and then um, vocal manipulation with um, auto-tune over um, tracks and like remixes with vocals that I've done and then got the laptop running Ableton and then I've got the launch pad next to that which launches each clip and then I also use that to do solos and stuff on the like little instrument function and then I also have an SPD Next to that, which I can do for like live drumming, and I, I love I love doing these like eight oh eight kind of trap drums on it. 
which is really fun. And then behind me, I've got my bass guitar. Yeah, right. And that's the, that's Bro, the setup. That is quite an intense setup. Yeah. <laughs> it's my dream setup. Right. It's kind of what I've always wanted to do since I like wanted to do this. Yeah. When, when was it that you wanted to do it though? Like. That was, um, I think like, yeah, when I was like 13. Yeah. Wow. In like year nine. Did you ever do the, like, I'm in a punk pop band? Of course. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. That was right before the wanting to do the electronic stuff. That was big, uh, pop punk phase in year seven and eight when I was 11 and like 12 and like super into metal. I was a real big, like thrash kid and, um, yeah, just made the transition over to electronic and that's kind of been me since. What was the what was the music? What was the artist that was like that made you want to jump ship? Mm, the bridge was definitely Skrillex. Yeah. Like dubstep. I think hearing dubstep as a metal kid and then going like it just clicked in my brain. I was like, this just sounds like metal, but with like electronic sounds. Like it was it was so similar. And I was like, this is fucked. Like, how do you even make this? And then it just piqued my interest and then went from Skrillex to all these other things like Flying Lotus and yeah. Yeah. Bro, it's crazy how, how p- prominent Skrillex is a gateway drug into electronic. Cause it's the same. Seriously. For, it's the same for me. Like dubstep. I think I heard Nero's innocence mm, tune. at like the cook <laughs> on my first yeah. like Dunedin uni night out. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> then found Skrillex. So I was like, Oh cool. Melody and metal. Yep. And, I think I tried to even explain it to friends exactly like you explained it and they just didn't get it mm. at the time sometimes. And like, it's like metal, man. They're like the energy in the mountain. They're just yeah. like, nah, don't. Mm. And I'm like, you guys are wrong. <laughs> that, my, my first flat in Dunedin had to put, um, um, shout out to my Dunedin uni friends. Sorry, hey. but they um, <laughs> they had to put a rule in for me. There was no dubstep before midday. Because oh. I would just wake up and play like some Flux Pavilion or something. I'd just be like, and the great, this was like 2000 and nine or 10 and in Dunedin all those guys were coming through and playing just bars in Dunedin Mm. every year because for some reason New Zealand and Dunedin especially was like a dubstep hotspot in the world so like we had like Rusko, Dr. P, Flux Pavilion, um, Nero, uh, like uh, Schism would play every like we'd have all of them in Tiny bars mm. all the way through. It was fucking amazing. I keep forgetting that that was like a huge part of my life. That is nuts, actually. Like, it's funny how, because I guess now it's DNB with um with yeah. the need and just sort of like being a hot spot for for drum and bass and stuff like that. Like, seems like heavy electronic music has yeah. always been a sort of you know through line down there. Well, it's disgusting and grimy down yeah. there. It's dark, and everyone just wants to fucking <laughs> forget. It looks like what the music sounds like down there. It's <laughs> exactly, but um, and it's funny because it, it is it is a bit of a gateway, right? Because I don't do I don't listen to any of that stuff really now. Mm. I do occasionally if I'm just like want a bit of a laugh or like oh yeah I do still like this yeah. But it, it it was the launch pad for like you said like Flying Lotus is a big one yeah. I like how you, it's it, it, that you mentioned John Hopkins because John Hopkins is like. Insane. The fucking goat. Bro. Yeah. Did you see him at Laneway? Of course. I've seen him twice at Laneway. Fuck and like, you. dude, that second time at uh, Albert Park, mm. unreal. Probably one of the best, maybe the best Laneway set I've ever seen. It was pretty intense, man. It was unreal. And off the back of like, it's that sweet spot. I've got this theory the sweet spot whenever you want to see a band is off the back of two good albums back to back because their set's just going to be the best songs from two great records. Totally. And like, I feel like it was kind of, kind of that, like, yeah, it was amazing. And just like the, like lights, sound, everything just came together just beautifully. And outside. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I actually kind of associate enjoyment of electronic music with like nature and being outside. I don't really vibe with, I, I don't really like being underground and bunkers and shit when mm. I'm dancing that. Like that open ear John Hopkins was just. Open ear electronic music, best feeling in the world. Like John Hopkins, Laneway. I remember, I think it was this year, FOMO, K Trinata was this year mm. at Out West, the Trust Arena. That was incredible. So much space to just dance. And like when you're just outdoors, the sun's just, just set and you're just boogieing with your mates and uh 
It's my favorite thing. Have you played a laneway set? No, I played the after party right. this year, but not haven't played laneway laneway. Is that like is that the the festival in New Zealand that you kind of yeah yeah that's the dream that's, that's the dream. like ever since because I started going to laneway I think this was my sixth laneway or something that I've wow. gone to and like because I just started going by like jumping the fence in high school and um, <laughs> classic <laughs> first two times I went I wasn't old enough to go so I jumped the fence the first time and then I had a fake ID the second time and then um yeah that's just that's the first festival that really just like got me as a mm. human, like the whole lineup just every year, like has always just been like, this is literally all I listen to. So John Hopkins was a highlight. What have been other highlights? Um, damn, so many. Um, Flume, um, Flylo played one year. There was uh, King Cruel, Mac DeMarco when I was really into Mac DeMarco, Earl Sweatshirt, Danny Brown, Vin Staples. Uh, Sophie was supposed to play one year, but I think she missed her flight, which sucked. Yeah, from like Singapore, which is kind of annoying. And then, um, yeah, I'm totally blanking on so many others. Yeah, because there's a fuck ton. There's just there? so many, like and like the big ones, like Tame Impala, FKA Twigs. Um, yeah, just heaps. Yeah, the I um, I'm like a bit of a dad rock enthusiast, so mm. seeing like John Hopkins was one of them that I, I loved. And then back in the day, seeing Foles when it was in Artea Square, I really loved that as uh, well. Yep. But seeing the war on drugs mm. um, was crazy because that was, the, I'd seen them before when I was in London living in Liverpool. Yeah. Not living in Liverpool, living, living in London, but saw them in Liverpool. Um, and it was great. But that was after the like first breakthrough record. Right. This one at Laneway was off the back of the album that had just come out and they were like, not only two great records, but two albums that I was like, I froth both of these super hard. Yeah. And I remember watching it and like being a little bit high. Mm. I'm like, this is amazing. And then, and I was like, well, it's because I'm high and they're great. So that, that makes sense. <laughs> and then I was like, hang on. I feel like this end of the song is going for like even longer than I know it would. And I kind of, I don't know, you've played in bands, so you can probably watch um, the musicians on stage and pick up the little signs of kind of what's going on. Totally. I could see all of the musicians on stage were watching Adam Grandusiel in the, in the middle, waiting for the end of the song. Yeah. And they had looks in their faces like, oh, even it is going longer because they're all having to watch him because he's extending it. Right. The guy next to me goes, holy shit, they just won the Grammy <laughs> yeah, that's for, right. for best rock album. And I was like, oh, that makes fucking sense. Because yeah. he must have found out about that, walked <laughs> out on stage in, in New Zealand and just be like, we are shredding yeah. for the next 40 minutes. Totally. I call it transcendent. That's what, that's what that set was. <laughs> it was transcendent. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Flume because I know you're a fan of Flume. Yeah, huge fan. I got to say, I did not like Flume at all. Until he put out the Hi, This Is Flume mixtape. Oh, okay. And I thought that shit was so like fut like forward thinking. I know. So out there. Yeah. Like that was crazy. Like it did. Did you, were you, you were already on the vibe before that? Yeah. Hell yeah. I was on it like since that first album. Yeah. Since right. the self-titled album Flume. Cause that's kind of what really actually like post Skrillex, that's what just got me into this sort of electronic mind space of like, I don't know, just left of field kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like, cause like it's hard, it's, it's weird with Flume when people think of him, there's sort of two sides of the guy. There's like the poppy sort of um, top 40 stuff that I think most people know him for. Yeah. And they really don't fuck with that. Or I guess the general population does. But then he's always been this like really off the wall, like left of field producer making some crazy shit. Like before Hi This Is Flume, like stuff like that just all the time. But like, yeah, like, and that's what I fell in love with from him. But most people don't really know or like see him as that, you know? And then, yeah, yeah. I think though, the High This Is Flume mixtape really like switched a lot of people on. I, at, least, at least all the musicians and music people who didn't know, I think you're right. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a top 40 guy. Like, totally. Yeah, because it was pretty, that JPEG Mafia track on there. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> Is it fair to say that like your production style is is kind of in that vein in some some as well? Like totally, because you have an incredibly eclectic 
uh, like funnel of yeah. music, right? Like yeah. already we've mentioned like pop punk, metal. Uh, we've gone Skrillex. We've gone Flylo. You know all these things. Yep. How does is it? Do you find yourself making weird shit and then like having to curate it into actually something, or is it just? Is it all just perfectly? What's your intention? Are you forcing yourself to make something that sounds like collected? Instead of all the, or is it just, it naturally happens that way? I think it just naturally happens that way. I don't think I try. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I, I definitely just like. You don't sit down and be like, I'm going to make this now. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I just make whatever my brain just comes up with. Like just whatever comes out of these fingers, it will just be what it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think, I really, I wish I knew what my music sounded like to other people. Cause like, I just have no idea, but like. To me, it just seems very, like, random. I bet it's I bet it's <laughs> horrible for you to try and tell people what your music sounds like. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I, anytime someone asks me about genre or anything, I just say electronic because I have no idea. Yeah. What to say? Like, it's just a whole bunch of stuff. I don't really know. But do you see yourself having like lots of different little projects, or do you, you like? How do you view that? Do you? Because there's kind of two two ways to do it. One is like this is my producer name mm. and I'm going to make whatever the fuck I want and put it out. Yeah. If I want to make this, I'll make this and like that. Or there's the other type of person who's like, well, it, every project has to be its own like little thing. And yeah. it's, it's in the, this one's in this box. This one's in this box. Like, can you ever, do, do you ever thought about which one of those you'd probably go down? I think I'm definitely just going to do just leaving Tiger forever, but whatever the music is, it, it will be what it is. Yeah. Like yeah. I just think I'll just make anything and then just always, keep that name and yeah, just right. put it under that and I do have like a little offshoot thing called Boy Story which I just did for like Steve Lacey-esque indie sort of guitar music and I think maybe that's that would be nice to just keep around for a bit like if I want to do something and more, more of that bandy sort of thing but I don't know I'd probably still just keep it as Leafing Tiger to be honest because do you like Toro Imwa? love him <laughs> right I love that man yeah yeah I he I think he is some, he's he's become very successful. Somehow I still think he's underrated. Oh, definitely, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like <clears throat> he's kind of everywhere as he should be, but he's just not quite like where I wish he would be. Like, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. It's it's almost like he's, he's like, he's like that sort of up and coming indie artist or whatever still but just on a mass platform somehow. Like he'll, he'll go and do a song with like Blood Orange or like Travis Scott or something, but he'll still just be this low-key chill guy. Yeah. It's so random. And like the, the, the paths his music and his career have taken as well. Yeah. Like when you look at that first record. Totally. Which I love. That was like one of my favorite beat records ever. Yep. And then this, la this latest record he put out, the the one where he's sitting in the room, mm, you're on the out of piece. Yeah, that is fucking incredible as well, and completely yeah. different. They're all different. All those albums, yeah. And my personal favorite, What For, which is just a straight, just yacht rock, like indie, just banger album. Like it's so good. It's just straight, like psychedelic guitars and stuff, and like. Just nothing like any of the other albums. It's so good. That was the one. Did he do the, the live video with them in like a desert for live that one? Live in Trona, yeah, yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. I've watched that so many times. <laughs> like it's a <laughs> It is a good classic game. It's so fucking good. Bro, yeah. I think he's he's someone that I definitely look to in a sense where it, it's all – he pushes the limits in every way – Totally. And it just, but he just does it so perfectly at each point. It's, I, it's this little magic. I'm like, how the fuck does he do that? It's crazy, eh? Um, yeah, it is fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Have you, speaking of like live versions, because like your live setup's fucking incredible. Mm, Have okay. you ever thought about doing like a, a, a live film or like a live set or a live session or anything like that to kind of show it off? Yes. Yeah. It's in the works. It's, oh, good. Okay. Working on it yeah, right sick. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's great news. Yeah. I think like, cause it's such a, I think I talked about this with someone else on the podcast, but it was just like the ability to have a good live show is an incredible advantage that if you have it, you should fucking show it off at every point. Definitely. Yeah. Like wax chattels, you know, if you're a wax chattels, you should, 
yes, play everywhere. Anyone in the room is going to be like, oh, I'm entirely affected by what's going on right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, I feel like, yeah, I value my live shows so much. I feel like I've, I think that's the thing that's helped me the most with music, just mm. like with, I don't know, recognition or whatever, or just people just, just getting opportunities and things like that. It's just 100%. I think a lot of people don't really get my music a lot of the time until they see it in a live context. And then right. I think it's like a good like like key turner for a lot of people. So I really, really value playing live. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It is kind of hard for people to connect with electronic music sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Did you, did you, do you feel a difference between the songs you put out that don't have features on them and the songs that do? Um, like, does that help with like, say the church and AP one you did? Totally. Yeah. Cause that's like the most popular song that like I have, like it's that, that connection that people can have straight away with, you know, like people, you know, singing or rapping yeah. that they really connect with. And like, I think, yeah, just if we like go into like, I don't really care about plays or anything like, but you know, like just like the songs with like the most plays or whatever on Spotify, they're all ones with featured vocalist or it's a remix where there's vocals in it and then it's like oh yeah it's because you can sing along to it i get it but yeah yeah it is pretty interesting it's like trying to solve that problem of like how can i get hooks and like melodies and stuff in this sometimes or keep that interest without the get out of jail free card of just having a vocal on it totally Tough yeah it does my head in to be honest sometimes. yeah it's hard but it's not fun. impossible. No, not it's not impossible. impossible at all. Yeah. I think it actually puts, you know, Jack White's small room theory where he's like, um, or small box there, I can't remember which one it is, but he's basically like the less things you have, the more creative you're forced to be. So oh, totally. And like, I definitely feel that when you're like, fuck, I can't just put a vocal on this. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to have to like, something's going to have to change here because even I'm getting bored listening to this loop over and over. Totally. <laughs> Limitations breed creativity. Which is tough. <clears throat> I'm, I, you know, poor electronic musicians. I don't want it to be that, <laughs> but like, it is tough when you're on a fucking laptop. It is because we we are the limitations on a laptop in Ableton. Like, yeah, it's just ever ever expanding. Do you, yeah? Do you ever have a thing of like oh, I can't do? I like I, I'm doing too much on here. I need to stop. I need to fucking cut this out. Or I you, think I actually I don't know if like I think people. I've like had people say like, yeah, like, like ask that and be like, is it hard to like, when do you stop like adding things? But I really do feel like my music's actually pretty simple to me. Like usually on most songs or whatever, there's just like kind of just four parts, like four tracks or something. Like it's actually kind of basic. Do you make it knowing it's going to have to be translated into the live set? Is that part of it? Sometimes, sometimes. I kind of just like play live situations in my head and I think what do I want to listen to right now and then I'll be like oh and then I'll get an idea like putting myself in that situation and then I'll make a song yeah like that sometimes yeah it really I really am thinking about how it's going to affect people live but then other times it's just whatever I'm <laughs> just feeling at that time just feeling a vibe bro yeah um you're a young person Allegedly. Allegedly a young person, <laughs> a very wise soul, but Oof. <laughs> your meat sack is young. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> is that gross? <laughs> That's a bit gross. <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you feel about like being an up and coming musician as like a young person? Do you feel like, yeah, like is it easy? Is it hard? Is it like trying to like fit yourself inside the system? Mm, I reckon honestly – I don't think it's that difficult yeah. to be a musician in this time and like period that we're in. Yeah. Like you could, it's so easy. Everyone has a laptop. Everyone can get a mic. Like anyone can make anything and like anyone can just go to Whammy, you know, set up a show. It's, yeah, I reckon it's actually just not that hard to be a musician yeah. to like start or whatever. But I think the challenge comes when you want to go like further, when you want to try and, do something, I don't know, a bit grander maybe. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how ambitious you are. Yeah, but right. like just to, I don't know, I think it's not very difficult to be a part of the scene or anything like that. Because like, but do you feel like it's hard, the ways that you, do you ever run into the ways that you consume music or the way that you want to put your music out or the way you want to operate your uh, your 
project and your stuff, do you find it hard ever translating it to say like older people in the music industry or uh, other, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it can be, yeah, it's hard. It can be hard for people to just get you mm. or at least get me. Like, I don't know. I think that's, that is actually pretty difficult trying to just get people to see what I'm trying to do or things like that. Cause and you're, you're doing something in the margins. You're not like, Oh, I'm a guitar band yeah. and I want to be played on the rock. Totally. Yeah. Like I feel like, I don't know. It's pretty hard to explain. I yeah. Guess. I feel like, cause I, I kind of, I see a lot of young people who either have that because of their genre or have that because of like their like creativity and how they want to present things and stuff. Mm. And the way I describe that feeling for them and I've definitely had it myself as well is like kind of being at your dinner table with like your extended family yep and someone's like oh how's the music going <laughs> yeah and you have to and then and then every follow-up question is they're like you know are you playing like for me they go oh so you're like playing live anytime so i'm like well i don't really play live and, <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh and i'm like well i don't i don't have a guitar anymore I actually just like sample things and <laughs> It's that feeling, I think, for a lot of people sometimes. Definitely. Especially people like yourself who are like really kind of forging your own path in a way musically and like other ways as well. Mm. It's, it must have been that kind of feeling over and over a little bit. Definitely. I mean, even with like my, my dad and my granddad, they're real just like like mu music musicians, you know, like they're like bands and like lyrics and stuff. So yeah. anytime I tell them anything about what I'm doing, they're like, okay, yeah, but like when are you going to like make some real music, you know, like... <laughs> yeah I don't know it's pretty interesting because I'd say the I have a lot of friends that are like your age mm. and I have a lot of friends that are my age and older and they're all like music people yeah the big difference I've kind of noticed is that people my age and older really want to put everything in a box to understand it and I'd actually say this is probably like a social not just music but like in New Zealand culture and society totally but then I'd say like people you, like your age and younger are far more comfortable with n not being with nothing being in a box at all. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. I actually noticed, like in terms of not only how they're understanding the world, but also what they're creating is that that big blend. Yeah, and it's kind of, I think it's a lot better. But it's also like that the old people who want it in boxes are still around. Yeah, and and I think that's kind of what we're speaking to, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's tough, man. It is. But it's good for the future. Yeah, I'm, yeah. oh yeah, like ecstatic for when like we're running the show, you know. I just want to know what the world's <laughs> going to look like when, you know, when I'm like 50. Yeah, right. I reckon it'll be so dope. Yeah. Or maybe not, maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll like fuck it up as well, I don't know. The world will fall apart without genres, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like, I don't know what, what I want to listen to. What is this? Uh, electronic, uh, I don't know. Hey, you're the only person I actually see as well who shares um, Apple cards on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you do you use Apple Music? <laughs> yep, I'm yes, a big uh, Apple Music fan. Yeah, bro. Um, I'm, it's... It's crazy how we're dominated by Spotify. I'm only Spotify. I, I thought everywhere it was like this, but New Zealand's like... It's ridiculous. So why is Apple Music better? Okay. Yeah, here we oh, go. Oh my God, okay. I did. This was like one, the one prepared question I had. Yeah. I have to ask him about the Apple Music thing. Oh my God. I could just go on forever about this. Yeah. Um, okay, firstly, just the layout. It's, it's kind of hard to get into, but once you do get used to it, it's perfect just the way that you can search music, stuff like that, the way that it's laid out. And I think because Apple Music, I'm not gonna lie, it's not for everybody because Spotify is so discovery based. And I think it puts a lot of people on with all the playlists and stuff, but Apple Music is definitely more so for the people who kind of discover in their own way, say on like YouTube, other avenues, and then it's just all there. You're listening to whole albums, which I think is like a big focus on Apple Music. And yeah, and it looks really nice and <laughs> it looks so beautiful. And I think personally as well for me, just because I was a big iTunes guy before Apple Music came out. So my library was just boom, integrated like that. And it just kept going. And then I can just see through the years, like you can go and you're recently added. And then you just see every single year, everything you've ever listened to in order. And it's like this chronological just... Like you can just go back in time to like when you were like 12 and you're like, wow, this is crazy. 
like the succession of albums. Yeah, it's awesome. And when you share it to Instagram, it looks so much better. It looks so clean. Bro, this, the Spotify sharing <laughs> drives me up the wall, bro. It is so bad. Like the they kind of try to fix it with the like, oh, we, we'll have the clips of the video yeah. in my mind. And like some of those look cool, mm. but it's just, it's not, a. I hate it every time, man. Yeah, it's not it. I really think I don't know. All the all the designs on everything that Spotify does just like but ugly, man. But ugly. I'm not about it. <laughs> I mean, and the like the biggest one for me is like, okay, I'm gonna go to all this effort to make some artwork for my like curated playlist. Mm. Oh cool, this looks sick. And then okay, well I've better tell all my friends about it and I share it to Instagram. Doesn't allow the artwork, just yeah. has the, the album artwork and oh. they're like, Oh thanks, mate. <laughs> Fuck me, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, do you do do you fuck with the like radio side of Apple Music? Like, do they still have the Beats stuff on there? Yeah, I think they did like a really big rebrand on the last kind of overhaul because every time iOS updates, they update the Apple Music app. Oh. And um, I think they just did. I don't think they call it Beats One anymore. I think it's Apple Music One, something like that. Okay. And yeah, but it's still like Zane Lowe and stuff. And yeah, I fuck with that super heavy. I'm a huge Zane Lowe fan. Right. I think it's crazy just hearing a Kiwi like talk on like one of the biggest, like <laughs> like worldwide radio stations. To like the biggest artists. Yeah. As well. It's ridiculous. And like, they all know him and like, he's just like this cool, just chummy dude. It's yeah. The guy from breaks co-op. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to the other side. <laughs> yeah, dude. Have you heard his electronic songs he made back in the day? One of them was on, did you ever fuck with UKF dubstep on YouTube? Yep, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all my fans of UKF dubstep. Um, he had a Zane, he had a Zane low project because when he was on BBC, he was like, cool, I'm going to start making like kind of dubstepy stuff. I don't think it really took off. But what? Yeah, yeah. You can actually go find it. I, I don't think it's under Zane low. I think it's under Zane something, maybe Zane and some numbers or Zane's, but it's definitely up on UKF dubstep. You can probably go find it. Wow. Um, if anyone knows, comment below. Totally. I'm review listening to this. Yeah. I don't hear I'm real bad at this. I'm not good. No, you're great. Um, I, I only ask because like that's crazy because you, as as you would have seen on Twitter, I radio is this mm. thing where it's like, it, do you watch late night comedy? Like any uh, do no. you, so like it's all they have really funny people like Colbert and Conan and all these people on there, but the format is so tired yeah. that it's oh, totally. not funny. Yeah. I feel that way about radio. It's, I don't, it, radio isn't, the people in there are great and everyone's playing good music, but the format of it is so tied to something old and it's so boring. Absolutely. And Apple like radio or, or Beats radio, whatever it is, for me is that new format. Like yeah. it's multimedia. Yes. It's, Artist led, yes. So like Ezra Koenig has a show, and yeah. Zane Lowe has a show. You know Charlie what I mean? Charlie has a show, and they, yeah, yeah. Because I think in this day and age, like if you and I can sit here and make a playlist ourselves and show our friends, like there is no difference between us and a radio presenter anymore. Oh, totally. So the only people with more authority than just a normal person is someone who's actually putting out music. Yeah, that's the only person that it's anyone's going to give a shit about what music they actually care about. So I think the it's the end, it should be the end of entertainers mm. and non-musicians on radio, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I I mean, like, I mean, like, fuck it, I don't care. Like, with, like, ZM and shit and, like, the fucking edge, like, when you're getting, like, just someone who's just got, like, a communications degree, doesn't even give a fuck about music or whatever, just, like, playing the same songs that have to be on the playlist, like... I just think, how do you even live like that? Like, it would just be the most soulless thing for me, they're I just, reckon. I guess they're just living for the the breaks between the music where they get to be entertaining. Yeah. But like that, get, you should have a have a comedy show and then you shouldn't have a radio. Yeah. Like, it, it's music, right? Yeah, you know, like just make it like a, just, you just talk, I don't know. But that's why I think it's funny that you're such a big fan of it because like every time <laughs> I'm like, well, we should do it. Someone needs to fucking do Apple music model here. Yeah. Put artists in charge. It's always like you. I'm like, <laughs> 
and I say this to everyone. It's kind of funny. Like you probably don't know this, but like I do it in real life as well, not just Twitter. And I'm like, oh no, we need radio like this. And Leaping Tiger should have his own show. It should be Shit. like you know, it should be you with the main show. It should be like Lavina. That's yeah. that's like five out of six podcasts now in a row. Shout out to Lavina. <laughs> Shout out. Lavina. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like I would listen to this. Sh- I would listen the shit out of that. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have a radio show. I would love to do that. Like that would be so, so sick. And just like play just really good fucking tunes, have good guests on. That'd be incredible. Yeah. It just, I think it's, it must be inevitable. What, you know, it's, it's not (laughs) like, it's very hard to be like, oh no, somehow radio is going to recover and we're not going to have to change our radio system forever. Mm. And I'm like, well, if it's going to do it, why not do it now? Yeah. But I just want to see that. I don't know what's happening with the RNZ, like youth, in quotes, youth-based yeah. radio. Jacob's doing bunny ears right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, what's the deal with that? I don't know if they're not doing that anymore. Are they? I don't know. But I can, as 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 the main uh, proponent of Where's the Youth Channel crew on um, on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that the official thing was that they put it on hold because of COVID. Ugh. Um, which is a weird nickname for Helen Clark they have. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she fucking murked them. Um, yeah. And the chat is allegedly that it gets kickstarted and restarted around early next year. Okay. But without taking the concert frequency. Okay. So That's they'll good. get their own one. I guess somehow they'll just come up with more money and keep both. Yeah. I guess. But I don't know, man. It doesn't. It 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 wasn't a great start. No. Nope. <laughs> and I don't from what I've heard of just people murmuring around, it doesn't sound like like I haven't heard anyone be like, there's this fucking awesome plan that these guys have and they're really just waiting for the money in the government to turn around and press go. I, I haven't heard yeah, that. Right. Which kind of makes me and like if they're just gonna it would really gut me if they just tried another Kiwi FM or like some twist on like what we already have, but it now it's government funded and aimed at kids, and we're gonna yeah. have we're gonna have like Cam from ZM on it and shit like that. We and really like, don't need that. We really don't need another Edge or ZM or whatever. Like I feel like just give us a Triple J in New Zealand. Just give us something like that, government funded, putting on kiwi acts that like i don't know just deserve it i feel like triple j's just kind of got it down packed and like even the way with the multimedia stuff as well how they have such an insane youtube presence like so many people know that station just because of like like a version you know and all these videos of just fucking famous bands coming in and just covering songs that they like and it's genius i don't know why no one's trying it here i don't know why i don't know we need something like that like yeah i mean you you look at it Music content on um, on YouTube mm. is provided by radio stations that are huge because of it. Yeah. Like I don't fuck with NPR, but the tiny <laughs> desk I do. Insane. I don't yeah. listen to KEXP, but I watch all the KEXP sessions. Absolutely. And it's just like, this is so fucking simple. It's yeah. so fucking simple. Just film segments of the radio show podcast at all artist led it's you almost can't fuck it up seriously but you know that's the thing you and i are now talking about things between boxes Mm. yeah totally and if you're someone who views the world and like well we have the rock station (laughs) then we have the pop stations so where do we fit in that equation and blah 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 and it's just like oh there's the old person station and we need the young person station. Yeah. It's like you are you are already fucked. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, even just like calling you a youth-based radio, like, come on. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Cause I I feel I really feel for like there's a crew of young well, I'll I'll use the word pop because I just think you're like pop a popular crew mm. of young artists in New Zealand who are doing things, incredible things that at any other time in New Zealand music history, they would have been on the track and on the pipeline and fucking getting pumped. Yeah. That are being completely left out in the cold. <laughs> and I would say it's like you. Yeah. I would say Lavina is there. Yeah. I would say um, like Maxwell Young is there. Totally. Tom Verburn's there. Yeah, hell yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that list goes like on and on and on. 
with mm. that crew. And then like Wax Mustang, Garbage Records. Yeah. Nick and Ruben. Yeah. Even like Soaked Oats. Yeah. And like where is any – like you, it, the system forces all of you to essentially just grind on social media and the internet for a – to earn this thing while they just give platforms to people who I uh, this make they make rock the way that people used to make rock. Totally. It, or or they'll just like, I don't know, just just come up, just make a few like real easy like listening pop songs or whatever, just chuck some guitar in there or something, I don't know. And then like New Zealand on, on the air will just eat it up and be like, oh we can see this being, you know, commercially viable. Just give them all this money. Yeah, it's cool. Chuck them on the radio. And like, yeah, I don't know. Whereas you guys actually have like that group who like I know some of you know each other and that some of you don't, but like mm. the thing that ties you all together is they actually have a real grassroots support of people who actually really like your music. Yeah. Especially like younger people and people your age. Totally. And no one's gonna give you a platform. <laughs> do you do you like I I I it makes me angry and I always <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, no, totally. I would be so fucked off. Yeah, because you like that whole group, including yourself, are like actually killing it, killing it more than the people in your position ten years ago. Mm. And yet, you there's no where's the <laughs> where's the anything? Yeah, well, I just feel like maybe I've thought about it, kind of just like maybe people just need time or whatever. Like I like to think of some of my favorite artists. You know, people like Tyler, the creator, they've just had the slowest kind of rise or whatever, the slowest, just like getting to where he's like got to now where he can be banned from New Zealand, then unbanned and then right, <laughs> and just headline festivals like all over the world and win a Grammy and like just to, to be there. And it's just, just been the steady, slow, slow incline, but he's there and like, he's just a legend. Like I feel like all of us in this little scene Maybe not everyone's, you know, onto it now, but I think 100% they will be in the future. I think so as well. Yeah, like I think we like people just need some time. Yeah, and I mean like that's the good news about it is that like it's going to shine through Yeah. regardless. Yeah, eventually. It's just kind of crazy that there has to be eventually. Yeah. For reasons that are dumb. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because um, like, yeah, it, like Mellow Downs being a breakthrough artist 10 years into his... That's fucked. That's actually insane. But like that's like that'll in 10 years time, it'll be uh, Maxwell Young, breakthrough artist. Do you know what I mean? Or like yeah. we picked, and that that's sad, but everyone knows that. I was actually shocked at that with the, uh, with the AMAs for, um, for the finalists. Yeah. Like how, how was Mellow Downs a breakthrough artist? Like man's has literally been a legend for, for so long. It's, you know? be, it's because he um, did a a, a, an, um, a show with John Campbell and so all the old people in charge <laughs> of were like, oh, who's this new young guy that's hanging out with John Campbell? Yeah, crazy. It's, it, which is nuts. I mean, I talked to Sam Smith on Instagram last night about the AMAs mm. and he made a really good point is that like, because I was like, I don't give a fuck about, um, I've never given a fuck about the awards. I did feel disconnected from them as a musician. It's not something I give a fuck about. Yeah. And he, his point was that, well, yeah, fair, but it's actually a really good opportunity to kind of see exactly what the industry in New Zealand is thinking and doing because For of sure. who they nominate and then who they award. Yeah. And it kind of, that whole Mellow Downs thing shows how they've got a huge hip hop like R&B blind spot. Yeah. That they're, they're 10 years behind where they should should be in terms of what they're looking at. Totally. Which is nuts when it's like the biggest genre in the world. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And like, I feel, I don't know. Every time I just see when the finalists get announced, it's like nothing changes. I think this year, maybe it's, it's a bit different with like, um, although Benny was on there last year a few times, but like, you know, she's like obviously like pretty new and like that's super cool. And like she's been making major, major waves. And then there's also uh, the dude uh, who did Savage Love. Yeah, Josh, Josh 685. Yeah, 685. Yeah, I couldn't remember the numbers at the end there. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's cool. Like how even though it literally took those two being internationally just fucking ridiculously off the wop, like You famous. just named two people with TikTok hits as well. Yeah, you know, but I guess that is cool. 
that there's like some new blood because usually it's just like oh, 660 year old, you know, this and that. You've got your 660 year, then you've got your Lord year. Yeah. Yeah. You got your, <laughs> your Drax project one year. You got, yeah. Which is like, I always think people, that comes across as like, fuck those people. But it's not. It's like those, I'm happy for them to be there and keep doing that. Like that's the part of our music system that's thriving. Totally. And that's great. I want the top. I, I, it, we just want every part of it to thrive. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if like the success and the support that 660 Drax Project, LAB, Benny, all these people got once they really hit a certain part of their career, wouldn't it be nice if we gave that support to like all the different layers of like the careers so we could get more people up there maybe? Yeah, like I want to see Church and AP nominated for like album of the year next to 660, you know? Like yeah. not just in like the hip hop category as well, like, you know? And just shit like that. Like, I don't know. I want to see a Moogie up there. I want to see all these great, great artists on the same level. Like, I, I feel like, because it's not like about the music as well. Because it's it's more like a popularity thing as well. If you're just massive. Yeah. And like, it's just out of who's big, who's got, you know, the album that we like the most. It's not like genuinely who's got the best album of the year, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Do you have Weird. any, um, do you have any, uh, New Zealand artists like that, where you mentioned that you'd be like super fanning out to um to make make a track with or like have as feature. Do you have like a feature, a dream feature list? Because you've, 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 you've ticked off Church and AP, who's yeah. one person you just mentioned there. I'm actually surprised you haven't had like um, Yeri from Amugi or something on a track either. I'm shocked I haven't done that either. But also, I'm just like really bad with collabs as well. Like I'm just so. I'm kind of terrified of them as well. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm such an insular guy. Like I just do as much as I can possibly myself of everything that I do that when it comes to collabs, I'm like, Oh God, like it's like a bit scary for me. Have and you heard then, how Flume deals with that? He like takes them out for like lunch or whatever. You like, well with the actual like making of the music with them, mm. apparently he like, he, he might have them in the room when they're doing it or like, or sometimes they'll just send it. Yeah. But he'll just give them a beat for them to do something over and make a vocal. And then he constructs the song around that. Yeah. So he doesn't have to like, he still gets to be completely in control. Yeah. I thought that was fucking crazy good. It's genius. That's what I try to do. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> seriously, like anytime someone can just send me this stuff and I don't have to be in the studio is great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're. Do you feel quite shy? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I get like mad imposter syndrome if I'm in a studio with people, especially when they know what the fuck they're doing in there. I yeah. just get like, I'm, I just feel like I should not be here right now. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Like I can't make just a crazy fucking beat like on command, like straight away. Like I'm, I'm someone who needs to think about it a bit. And like, if it comes to me, it comes to me. And if I don't have it, I just don't yeah. have it. And like, I'll just look like an idiot. So. I'm definitely like just terrified of that fucking <laughs> situation. Right, I understand that. Yeah. I totally feel that as well. I've, but the, the other hilarious part of that is that I haven't had a musician who doesn't have imposter syndrome. Mm. Like me, like at all. I've, and like most people even mention it. They're like, oh, like, well, I'm not, I, <laughs> I'm not a real musician. But yeah. like these guys are real musicians. Yeah. And I'm like, I make music. That's yeah. my favorite one. Like I make music, but they're a musician. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like I am a musician. Like I, I am a musician. Yeah, but like, you, which you are. Yeah. But I, I feel like I'm just not as good a musician as, as <laughs> quite a few others out there. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I can tell you that you are, but you'll, you know, you'll get there. Uh, you'll get there. Yeah. I, do you feel like if you, if you had your own studio that was in your bedroom and everything was set and like you knew it, that would, would do you think that would make you feel a bit more comfortable? Or it's, yeah, if I like knew, yeah, if it was all my like all my stuff, it's like it's like you had a patch it's like technicality like, based in a, in a sense of like, oh, I don't know exactly how everything in here works yeah right definitely and then also just when i don't know someone would be like yo do you want to just work on this and I was like, what do i do i don't know yeah can't really think of anything right now <laughs> i feel it's, you. yeah it's just like a bit terrifying but i'm sure i'll get over that i feel like everyone just kind of does eventually like i think lots of people get in that that situation when they first start going to studios and stuff so 
I reckon it'll go away probably. Yeah, you'll get desensitized to it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> That's the thing, you know, maybe a little it'll help the music, that little bit of like tension in the air. We're just like, fucking let's just get this done, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I that whole crew that does the kind of like session songwriting, mm. producing stuff. I'm like, fucking, that's crazy. Like, yeah, small talk, meeting people, and then writing music with them. It's even like some of them have to do it with people they've never met before that they have nothing in common with as well. Yeah. That's part of the job. That's crazy. Not my vibe. I could not do it. Not my vibe. <laughs> I no. cannot do it. But <laughs> um, what's what's next for you? Like, you you're you're due to like kind of sounds like you just do it if it's exciting and you like the vibe. So you've you've your production's going really well. Mm. Your live show's like super tight and you've got like like you said the perfect setup. Yeah. So like where's the excitement now? The excitement is just doing everything I'm doing now but more. Right. And just bigger and yeah. better. Like I've always like from the get go like my like my end game is to be like, you know, just out there worldwide, just like doing my thing on a huge, huge scale. Like my I, my dream is like to headline like Coachella one day. Fuck yeah. Like I, I want to be like, I just want to be able to do what I'm doing now on a ridiculously large platform. And like, that's the end game for me. That's all I'm trying to work towards pretty much. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you, have you toured New Zealand yet? No, I've done like a mini tour. I right. did like um, this like small, small album release tour at the start of this year. Cause like, I don't know, I'd never toured before. I have like no money. So just did like um, the festivals that I was playing that were out of town. Like I did like Sounds Flash, Ragman. Bro, I loved that. I think I said to you, I was like that <laughs> summer tour you went together of like festivals. Fuck, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then just did like Cross Street and then went up to Lee Sawmill and then like, yeah, just played I there. heard you crushed Cross Street. Yeah. yeah. That was probably Bro. the best set I've ever done, I think. Oh, I'm like, so gutted I missed it. I don't know what I was doing. Got all the features from the album to come out and like it was just, the energy was fucked. It was so much fun. Bro. We gotta get you on that regional touring fund that got announced. Yeah, because that yeah. could be nice. Go, because I feel like you'd, I feel like you'd really go down and kill Dunedin. Yeah. Oh man. Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah. Because like I went to Dunedin for the first time two weeks ago because my friends played like a house party down there and I just DJ for them. They they rap. Shout out Drop Kicks by the way. Um, and yeah, and like they just got their flights paid for and stuff. And they're like, do you just want to come? It's like, oh, free trip to Dunners. Let's let's go. And yeah. um. Yeah, it was mean. Like the vibe was crazy and everyone was like, oh man, when are you doing a show here? When are you going to like... And I just didn't think that like people would like care down there at all. But that kind of made me go, oh, like yeah, maybe I should right. try to go there. I think, it's an un I think it's an undervalued like base to build down there. Like, you know, all the... You see huge scenes from there, build their base, propel them out. Yeah. Like if you really look at it, you had... Saatchi did that. Mm. Like they built their base in Dunedin and then launched it. Yep. Garbage Records are doing that now. Yeah, Garbage. It's crazy what they're doing. Soaked Oats and Marlin Streaming and all of those guys, they all did that as well. That's that, And that's Two Cartoons is how we got to London was just vibing in Dunedin. Yeah. And it amazes me that there aren't more bands that are like, I'm going to you know, spend the week of O-Week. Mm down in Dunedin, I'm going to play all, as many fucking house parties as I can and crush it. Yeah. And then come back every two months and just build this thing. Like, I, that's must be a solid, it's solid gold. True. Get some funding, get down there, brah. Yeah, true. I guess, yeah, it's all about the, it's all about the funding. It's eh? all about the funding. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole nother podcast, Jacob. That's yeah. That's a whole nother, that's <laughs> totally. a whole nother two hours to go. Um, do you have any plugs? Have you got anything coming up? Have you got anything coming out? Um. Yeah. Got some stuff coming out. I don't think I'll say what it is, but okay, like cool. soon though, like yeah. really, really soon, Sick. I got cool stuff coming out. All right. Yeah. So where can they go? When when it's ready to be announced, where's it going to be announced? Where can people find you? Uh, just all over or anywhere where uh, social media exists. What's your favorite social media to use as Sleeping Tiger? It's got to be Instagram. Yeah, it's Instagram. Instagram kills me. I, I actually love that app. I hate social media. But I fucking love Instagram. I don't know why. I just fuck with it so heavy. Yeah, it's right. so much fun to me. Like, yeah. It's just so like, you just don't have to 
you don't have to do anything. You can just post whatever the fuck you want. Like it's so crack up. That is crack. I love it. Um, sick. I, for the first time, have my own plug, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. I think by the time this comes out, uh, you you can go and hear my remix I did of um, Jeremy Redmore's track from his uh, latest solo record. Jeremy Redmore has been a friend of the podcast and also mm. was uh, the singer of Midnight Youth. Nice. Has his own so he had put out a great moody songwriter album uh, this year, which I, I really dug, and I did it. I did a remix for him. So go and uh, go to Jeremy Redmore's Spotify or Apple or wherever. Probably Spotify, really. But yep. get on Apple. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Also, they pay artists more on Apple Music. I forgot to say that. Oh, sick. Yeah, per stream, oh. Apple Music pays more. Spotify, those bastards, they they pay less. I feel like I need both. <laughs> a lot of people do that yeah 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 that might be me i might be one of those guys now <laughs> i've already got neon and netflix so Ooh. why not <laughs> bro Far hbo out. plus netflix that's all i need yeah hey um well thanks for coming on jacob how was that oh. how was your first podcast experience it's great it was a breeze yeah well, if you fucking said it wasn't i'd <laughs> you're never coming back i probably. hated it <laughs> <laughs> fuck this <laughs> Ah! Oh God! Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks to Poynton and Benji for sorting us out. Um, new podcasts every Sunday. Yeah, hey. every Sunday. Um, give us a follow or whatever. I don't. I don't really care. It's not about that. I, this is purely selfish. I get to talk. I don't really care if anyone listens. I just get to talk to my friends. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, but have a good weekend, and uh, we'll see you later. Go stream some Leaping Tiger, motherfuckers. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah.